Hey, this is Eddie Olchek. You're listening to Empty Betters with Nick, Mac, and Harrison. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to episode 131 of Empty Betters. I'm your host, Harrison Scholes. I'm going to toss it across the screen to my co-host, Nick Manella. What's going on, buddy? Not a whole lot, man. Just uh, enjoying life. We're in the middle of the Stanley Cup final. It is hard to be upset when that is going on. Amen. Uh, It hasn't been that competitive yet, but we're hoping tonight things change a little bit. We're recording this right before game three of Tampa, Colorado. I am now going to toss it across the screen to my other co-host up in Wisco, Mac Vogel. What's going on, my man? Not much. Uh, you know, things are pretty chill around here. Uh, had a little bit of a hectic weekend with some unwanted flying friends in my house. Um, but, you know, we'll uh, we'll get to that in a bit. Unless you want me to run roll it, it Just I, roll just, it now. Yeah, I think and we all need to hear about this. After you roll it, I do want to talk about the cinematic masterpiece that you posted to social media. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I can I can comment on that. I'll do some questions uh, from the filmmaker after that, but yeah. So just to let everyone know, um, let me let me put you in my shoes. This past Friday night, you're sitting on the couch, um, chill night. You know, everyone. Uh, we we actually had kind of a fun Thursday night at the beach. Stayed out there till sunset, drinking some beers, playing some bags. Um, so you know, my friends and I, Friday night, we're kind of just down for a tamer night playing some video games on the couch there's about six of us and uh we had all just finished saying like "Ah, i don't think i'm gonna like drink too much tonight just like maybe have a beer or two and like play some games hang out uh maybe even go to bed early who knows next thing you know we're playing mario kart and there's only four (laughs) controllers there's six of us so me and one of my other friends are not playing right and we're just kind of like looking at the screen looking around the room and i see something fly by at like eye level from one room to the next. And you know, like when your brain sees something that doesn't make sense, Mm -hmm. like a flying thing in your house, that's big. It's not like an immediate reaction. Like, Oh my God, that's a bat. No, it's like, wait, did I just see what I thought I saw? Couldn't be right. And so I like, I like turn and I just, I lock eyes with my other friend who's not playing either. And everyone else just playing Mario Kart, whatever, like didn't see shit. I lock eyes with my other friend. We're just looking at each other. We're like, <laughs> that, that was like, we just immediately know. And so we like <laughs> yell, we're like, that, that was a bat. There's a bat. <laughs> and everyone's like, what? Like, you know, so like all hell breaks loose. We run in the other room. Sure enough, there is a freaking bat in my house. And he's just like on the wall at this point. Like he's just posted up in the corner of this little like glass pane of above my bedroom door. And he's just there. He's tiny too. Like for a bat, at least he's still pretty freaking big, but he was a baby bat. We think, um, anyway, we found out later he got in through this tiny little hole in a screen in a window that we had open. Uh, we only had it open for like 15 minutes by the way, but he'd managed to like come in. Uh, but bats can make themselves as small as a quarter. So if you have a quarter size hole in a window screen, a bat can get in there. Just so you know, a lot uh, of research was done this weekend. I can see. Yes, exactly. Um, anyway, took not that long. All things considered, I'd say like 45 minutes of the six of us running around my house. Um, we had blankets. If you saw the video, we all had blankets and we're trying to like 
corral it into like different rooms. Cause we, oh, at that point we just opened all the windows and screens so we could try to like force him to fly back out a window. And we kept being like, there's going to be two of them in here in like two minutes. I can guarantee you like another one's going to come in here. Uh, thankfully that didn't happen, but yeah, I, I went full hockey gear, put the helmet on with the I cage. Saw that. They had the cage on. Cause then my friends started talking about, they're like, bats can bite you and they have rabies. And I was like, oh, they actually can come on. They can. I'm not. Yeah. I mean, I, that's why I wear the hockey helmet. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was an interesting time. We, we really thought that we injured the little lad at one point i was a little uh little frightened for him because he he went down hard at one point and we we're like oh shit and that's when we put the bucket on top of him uh then we slid a pizza tray underneath the bucket and i just kind of like carried that whole thing down and outside outside put it on the pavement lifted up the bucket ran back and he's just kind of like sitting there for a second and we're like oh god is he dead and then he just took off fine and he was uh. like totally fine i think he was just scared so probably i think i I found him there we go i was gonna say something about this fucking podcast and bats i don't know you should have made some tequila out of it yeah i know yeah could have fired him out of the sky and uh, collected all the bat dust in your hand yeah exactly but uh no it was uh it was an interesting night can we you also Mac takes a dead bat to blue bat kitchen and he goes oh my god can you make me some bat dust (laughs) please oh He's like, well, I got six of, ounces uh, of bat dust, you guys. Sell it to me around back, all right? Yeah. Speaking of tequila, our chill night went out the window after that because my friend and I, who had carried it outside, we're walking back up the stairs into my apartment, and we're like, <clears throat> we're, let, we're, get the beer. Get the beer. Like, that, <laughs> yeah. that was like, we yeah. need one after that. Like, the adrenaline rush. I cannot yes. describe to you gentlemen. Like The rest of the night, I was just wired because I was like, holy shit. Because like, you're running around like, Oh, and that thing's full capacity above your and head and your, your eyes are moving the deck and jumping back up and trying to get, yeah. it, to get like, it was it was chaos. So here's another thing I want to chat about. So you had sent a snap. I was half asleep when I saw it. I can't remember exactly what it said, but you don't hate the beer barons anymore, do you? Oh, yeah, that's a whole nother thing. No, we squashed the beef with the beer barons. <laughs> oh, shit. How'd that happen? Well, it was it was pretty simple. We uh, we finally just came with enough people on our team to like actually like play a good game against them and it was like it was like a one goal game like halfway through the second or something and we're at the face-off dot and i'm i'm talking to this guy uh he's like why are you guys always so uh so like testy when we play you guys and i was like that's you guys like that's not us you guys are always like causing trouble and shit and he's like well today's been pretty tame and i'm like yeah it has been pretty tame so far that's good (laughs) And he's like, yeah, I mean, we're, you know, we don't want to cause any trouble. We're just here to have fun. And I was like, yeah, I mean, us too. And I was like, did we just squash the beef? And he's like, yeah, I think we just squashed it. And then he's like, you know, who's the real enemy? Milwaukee tool. And I was like, you're so right. That's Fuck right. Milwaukee tool. So we kind of bonded over a new enemy that we both hate. It's the there fastest way to bond with someone is a common hatred for something else. Exactly. Your barons, Mac. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah. It's been a wild time in beer league. I don't think I, did I tell this story about the guy on our team named Ying who got his stick chucked. Oh, I sent you guys the video. Yeah. That's what it was. Oh yeah. Oh, we were playing this team. I don't care about the team name. I don't know any team names. We'll move on to NHL after this. If you're listening, you want to kill yourself in the car. Um, so one of my teammates, the nicest guy in the world, he's a doctor. He like saving lives all day. He's like a surgeon, I think. 
super nice guy, like the most positive guy on the planet, never gets in fights, compliments the other team like 24-7. We put a smackdown on this team, like 13-2. to They did not – and it's usually a close game when we play them, but they just like stopped playing like in the second period for some reason they got mad at us. Like their goalie would like chill on the crossbar like this in the second period, like let goals in. And I was like, dude, you know, like we're all here just to like get a sweat. Like you can at least try. Yeah. Whatever. Like at that know. point, you might like if he's gonna do that, you might as well just pack it in early and get some sleep. Like, oh well, we would just turn around and rag it like NHL style. But anyway, oh, okay. This guy, this guy on my team, the nice guy, his name is Ying, and he he uh, was skating. He was forechecking against the other team against their best player. He's a pretty decent player, and he just had had enough. And Ying was like going like this, like skating. And when he came up with a stick, when he was swinging, it got this kid in the midsection. Well, the kid like is clamps down and is like holding his stick and he, and Yang's like trying to yank it from him. And the kid's just like prying down on it, trying to get like a hold in the stick call. The ref is literally like at our bench. He's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and this guy yanks Ying's stick right out of his hands, skates towards his own bench and fucking like just. It was like a javelin, like toss, just like boom, just right over the bench. it over the glass from the video I, I saw. I have the video. I think we need to send out the clip with this audio over top of it. Big Jackson, I'm looking at you. Um, <laughs> but it was the wildest thing I've ever seen. I've never seen someone take a stick out of someone's hands and throw it over the bench mid game. The more you know. Yeah, it's like he Jack used his stick for him. Yeah, he celebrated himself stealing yeah. his stick. So um did anyways, the kid get tossed no but the ref there the game of penalty and then our whole team was like hey but because he's a younger guy you know how it is yeah. when you're younger like hey buddy why don't you go do some fucking homework in the box like all that <laughs> stuff because i think he, he would look like a high school kid kind of but gotcha you gotta love when they bring the uh young Probably like such in. a hothead too you know yeah oh dude the, the high school the college young kids, kids get so yeah. bent out of shape about stuff it's funny yeah, yeah. All of us old timers are just like, okay. Well, Well, they haven't had their souls crushed yet to the point where they don't care anymore. So, (laughs) well, and they all still think there's a chance they could go to the show, you know, that too. He's in the stands watching them and then the entire population of Edmonton, but we'll get to that later. And everybody on the beer barons. True. Ooh. Okay then. Well, uh, (laughs) oh, it's back on. (laughs) The beef's back on. The beef is officially back. (laughs) Um, Reminder this episode is brought to you by Brackish Life. Let's take a minute to talk about Brackish Life. If you're like us and grew up on the water and outdoors, then Brackish Life is perfect for you. They have a wide selection of gear from UV shirts to hoodies and hats. It's Real Bay apparel made by Real Bay people. Head to www.brackish.life today to check them out. A little salty, a little fresh brackish life all righty fellas let's get into the stanley cup final recap so right now as we're recording this game three starts in about 10 minutes here as it currently stands colorado is up two nothing in the series in case you are a uh live series betting degenerate i guess is the way to word it uh tampa is currently plus 450 to win the series down 2-0 Reminder, they just did that to the Rangers last series, and Colorado is minus 600 to close it out while they're up two games. There's I'm not going to lie. Right bet. Well, yeah. What? Go ahead. There's a right bet and a wrong bet. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. What I was going to say is I, I'm not going to lie. I think that I actually expected Tampa's odds at this point to be a little higher than that, given how high they were 
to start, right? Like, cause I think they were like before the series started, they were like plus 150 or something. Yeah. And I was saying last episode, like that's kind of disrespectful for the two time defending, defending cup champs. Um, and now that they're down to nothing, I'm almost surprised it's not like plus 600 or something like that, but plus 450 yeah. still decent. Yeah, a little bit. I think the fact that they just did it last series maybe factors in a little bit. And the fact that they got absolutely spanked in game two, we'll get into that in a second. Um, but Nick, I will let you uh, tell the story of game one. Yeah, great game, game one. One of the better uh, opening games to a cup final I think I've seen in in the last 10 years at least. Uh, the Avs get this one done four to three in overtime. Berkey, uh, a minute 23 into overtime, uh, they opened the uh, the cup final with a four defeat, four to three victory over the two time defending champion Bolts. That game probably should not have gone to overtime. Colorado's penalty kill came up huge just in the second half of that game. I know they got what three in the first period, and then Tampa got one in the second. But uh, that penalty kill went three for three down the stretch in the third. McCarr and Kemper making huge plays, whether it was a clear out of the zone or just a massive save by Kemper in general. Uh, I thought that the the Avs were just fantastic to to rebound from essentially letting Tampa tie this game within a minute. Yeah, very resilient effort. I think a lot of people thought Tampa had the momentum going into OT, two-time defending champs. You think they're kind of poised to do something, but um, yeah, Burakovsky with a huge OT winner, a great play. Can't remember who fed him, but that pass was nasty. It was. Uh, moving on. Oh, go ahead, Mac. I was just going to say he's been on fire. And I said a couple episodes ago that we hadn't seen enough of him and that we would eventually. And here we go. Yeah. And unfortunately we'll get to this in a bit, but I don't believe he traveled with the team to Tampa. So uh, best wishes to him. And hopefully he's back in the lineup here soon. Uh, someone else making an impact. Uh, Lekkonen on the abs. Nachushkin on the abs. Man, oh man, are these guys looking like massive pickups for this team right now. Uh, Max said something in our group chat the other day, and I don't think he's like crazy. It's not going to happen, but like with the way that Nuchushkin has been playing, he's putting his like name in the hat for Con Smythe, or at least he's starting to get some some respect in there. Maybe like the fourth or fifth guy on the Avs. Totally, it's not going to happen. Like you said, I mean, this man <laughs> would literally have to have like a hat trick like every game, and even then, they still might give it to like Makar or Kemper or something like that. But what he's doing is, you know. It's very impressive, and it, that's what you need in the cup final. You need secondary scoring, um, and he's he's helping, although I think he's been playing a lot of minutes with some of the top guys on that team too. So, If tonight goes to overtime or if any other game throughout this series goes to overtime, you have to put like five bucks on one of those guys to get the winner. Yeah, with how hot they've been playing, it's, uh, it's definitely looking likely. But um, moving back to Tampa, I mean, some of their additions too. You got Nick Paul, who – had a nice goal uh, in the, I think, second period there for Tampa. So um, he's looked really good this playoffs and even in the Stanley Cup finals. Uh, and then, like Nick said earlier, the Lightning, they diminished that 3-1 uh, that lead that the Avs had within basically a minute and turned the tides and send the game to overtime. So um, it was a good effort in game one, but game two is a little bit of a different story. Once yeah. again, though, Andre Palat <clears throat> with one of those goals to help tie that game. Absolute gamer. Love seeing this guy score. I can't can't talk about it enough. He gets so excited. It's just contagious. Yeah, he uh, just another massive goal for him and just another clutch situation. 
Uh, let's move on to game two. But uh, before we do, I think we probably should have, you know, watched the Bolts recover a little bit. And speaking of recovery, I want to talk about Kane Footwear. So Kane Footwear is changing the game by providing a unique shoe focused on recovery while being made from sustainable materials. You see Harry's got his right there. The Kane Revive is made with bounce back foam created from Brazilian sugar cane. A renewable resource, sugarcane helps reduce greenhouse gases by capturing CO2 as it grows. Kane's unique bounce back foam provides the ideal balance of cushioning and support to help the body renew. Head to the link at our bio today to grab a pair of the most comfortable shoes you will ever own. I want to shout out two of my coworkers in my office who got theirs last week. They already brought them out. They love them. They absolutely cannot stop texting me about them. So uh, Ryan and Lissa are extremely happy with their pair from Kane Footwear as well. Got my dad a pair for Father's Day. Best gift he's ever gotten. Feet feel fantastic. If you got foot problems, this will solve your foot problems. Or knee problems. They have been doing wonders for these knees. Oh, my God. That's amazing. They actually work now. Uh, Let's go on to game two. Uh, The Avs win this one seven to nothing. I, you know, I was um, I was not sitting down on my couch watching this game. Um, I was actually out celebrating with Kelly Shea and her family for her graduation celebration from uh, forgetting her doctorate. So uh, every time I went up to the bar, wherever we were at, it was like Colorado scored two more times. Yeah, um, it's probably Mac. What's the name of that place uh, that we went to in Elwoods? Uh, yeah, I was yeah. going to say, oh da- dangerous night to be in Elwoods. Yeah. Extremely dangerous night to be an Avs fan at Elwoods. That uh, that could have proved lethal. Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, this one was just nuts. Uh, Avs coach Jared Bednar essentially said it's as close to a perfect game as you can get from your players. Uh, the abs are now up 2-0. obviously Nachushkin gets his seventh and eighth goals of the playoffs continued to be the best player on the ice in the final so far, uh, game one overtime hero Burakovsky beats Vassy again and had an unbelievable, just UFO saucer pass to Nachushkin for that power play goal. It's a fantastic clip. If you guys haven't seen it, I guarantee you, this is going to be well used in a, hockey clinics all summer you see the entire group of players tampa and colorado are all going the opposite way and nichushkin just makes a beeline to the net beautiful pass right on the tape by burakovsky right in the back of the net just absolutely perfect well said. Uh, oh no you go mac i'm sorry that's all i was just saying well said well put so the Avalanche are doing this uh, without Nazem Kadri and Sam Gerrard. It just makes you think, like, what's going to happen if Kadri actually does come back? Obviously, Gerrard's going to be out for the playoffs. Uh, let's do a little stat time with Harry before we enter game three here. So I think it's worth noting uh, the Avalanche are now 14-2 and two in the playoffs. They have lost two games in, what, two months, basically? I, I don't even know how long the playoffs have been going on at this point. Um, they are now just the fifth team in NHL history to start a postseason 14 and two. Uh, the 2012 Kings did it. The 1988 Oilers did it. The 1987 Oilers did it. And the 1981 Islanders did it. All four of those teams that I just listed won the Stanley cup. I think it is also worth noting. We got game three tonight. I've got a, Decent size wager on Tampa Bay. I think the whole world's kind of betting Tampa Bay, expecting them to bounce back. It's about even money. Um, it's a pick them basically for game three. Colorado has not lost on the road yet this postseason. So 
I'm a little shook. Uh, we'll see how this ages. Could age horribly. It probably will. Here's the thing. <clears throat> the Avs could have easily lost that first game. And yes, game two was seven, nothing. That's still just one win. You're right. It is. Um, and if there's one team that I trust not to panic, it would probably be Tampa. Here's, here's what I think the X factor is, is John Cooper. I mean, this guy is such a world-class coach that I find it really hard to believe that he doesn't make the proper adjustments, whatever those might be, and find a way to come out on top game three. He's, he's best in the world at motivating his group of players and finding a way when it seems impossible to pick the other team apart and expose some weaknesses. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing this game three and seeing kind of how the lightning will respond. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough getting beat seven, nothing, whether it's regular season, preseason playoffs, whatever, but you got to expect a big response for sure. Sometimes you just get speed bagged. It happens. Yeah. And I mean, I think if the game had been close in game two and they lost, maybe I'd lay off of putting this much juice on Tampa for game three, but they got straight up embarrassed. So I'm expecting a big bounce back effort, especially Vasilevsky. I've never seen Vasilevsky. So just like down and they left him in, right? Yeah. He looked helpless out there. Yeah. And and it wasn't all his fault, but um, yeah, that was, there's been some squeakers though. Let's be real. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. Uh, game three predictions. What do you got? Give me a score. Give me a winner. Oh, old school. Who's on the back? Oh, my girl, Manon Rayam. All right. Go. Showing Hell some yeah. tendy love again. Uh, what's yeah. the score? I was going to say three to one, but I don't see Colorado just putting up one. I'm thinking like four, three Tampa gets it done late uh, or like four, two. Okay. I think. And I wish I was wearing my Margarita Mac shirt and sipping on a margarita right now, but I think that I smell overtime. Ooh. And I think it'll be 4-3 Tampa Bay and OT. Nice. Just say- like game one, but reverse, and Tampa finds a way to win, and it's a crazy win, and Colorado comes that close to taking the 3 nothing lead, but not quite. I got a 4-2 Tampa win, fourth goal is an empty netter. We'll see. Um, that'll do it for the Stanley cup final updates. <laughs> Hopefully not the last episode we have where we're talking hockey live, but we'll see. Hopefully there's no sweep. Um, before we move on to the news, uh, we forgot to mention at the start of the episode in typical fashion, uh, that we have an interview guest. We were lucky enough to be joined by Villanova goaltender, Aiden Collins. Uh, we just wrapped up our interview with him a couple minutes ago, um, so it was great chatting with him, talking about Villanova, ACHA, his role with the Hockey House podcast for all you uh, college hockey listeners out there. So um, we're going to have that interview coming up here. But before we do, I think Mac has a word from our sponsor, Sharpbrick. Sure do. One other note about Aiden. And yeah, thanks again to him for being on Baltimore Boys. So all you local listeners out there, uh, he went to Gilman. He'll talk a little bit more about that. And um conference MIAA action too. So lots to love about this interview. But yes, before we get to it, just wanted to remind you that this season, all of our picks are powered by SharpRank. SharpRank created the first ever cross-sports rating system, ranking betters from any sport on one leaderboard that anyone can dominate, even you. SharpRank is backed by some of the biggest names in the sports gambling world, such as BetMGM, Betway, and Sports Illustrated. 
Download the free app for iPhone and Android today. And we are now pleased to be joined by Villanova goaltender, Aiden Collins. Aiden, thanks for joining the Empty Betters podcast. How you doing? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. Um, Is this like officially a goalie podcast now? Yeah, I was going to say, I think we've had, what, like six or seven of them? Yeah, and the funniest part is not one of us played goalie at all. No. We've had uh, even more than that if you count like Joe Benatti and like some of those guys. True. Well, uh, I'm glad I can be in the the same uh, spotlight as those guys. I'm on the same level of of Zach Bucali, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Great follow-up episode. Two great goaltenders mentioned in the same breath. You got to love it. Yeah. Um, but Aiden, thanks for coming on once again. Um, just want to get to know you a little bit. So why don't you tell us about where you're from and how you, uh, got into hockey in the first place. So, uh, I'm from the Baltimore area. Um, grew up around here, um, was pretty much a lacrosse guy my entire life. Uh, and then around seventh grade, uh, I picked up hockey, um, and just fell in love with the sport. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was kind of weird uh at the time like my mom is from canada french canadian i kind of known how to skate my entire life uh but immediately i wanted to dive into playing goalie there was just something about the position that like i love so much um i think it was just the gear i was i was really attracted to it like uh, a lot of goalies i thought it was so cool um but yeah i i begged my parents so um you know, a lot. And they're like, well, you're already playing lacrosse. You're already playing golf. You're, you're playing so many sports. Like you got to choose. I'm like, well, I want to play hockey. Um, so we, uh, we went to, uh, the play it again sports in Bel Air. Cause that was the only one that had goalie gear. And, um, that was, that was it. I just fell in love and became a rink rat and just kept on working my ass off, I guess. That so. is such a uh, such a Baltimore story of a way to, <laughs> to fall into a little play against sports action. Never yeah, hurts anybody. Absolutely. So wh- big Baltimore question. Where'd you go to high school? Like, how'd you, uh, where'd you play? I played at Gilman. Um, I was there K through 12. Uh, I live in the city. Um, so Gilman is like five minutes down the road for me. So um, definitely, uh, definitely love playing there. Not exactly a hockey school. <laughs> yeah, um, but- I get you. Follow-up yeah. question, since you said you went to Gilman, and I think I know the answer since you did just tell us you were a lacrosse boy, but uh, did you ever play any RPBL, a little Roland Park baseball action? I, I was an RPBL guy, too. I, I had a haunch, yeah. I played. Yeah. played We've RPBL crossed paths. At some, I, I played there when I was younger, too. It's a small world. Yeah. Um, yeah. Could probably list a 1,000 guys asking if you know them um, from Gilman, <laughs> but I'll save you the, the, totally. the waste yeah. of breath for that. So, um, so you start playing at Gilman. Tell us about mm-hmm. that, you know, experience. Cause like you said, it's not exactly like the biggest hockey school in the Baltimore area, or mm-hmm. I guess you could even say DMV if you want to expand a little bit. Yeah. Um, so playing at Gilman was, it was interesting. Um, our coach, um, I, I, I don't think I'd be playing, you know, Acha D1 without him. Was it uh, Collins or? Yeah. Zach Collins. Okay. Um, the man. Yeah. Uh, okay. Absolute yeah, legend. He's a great guy. Um, I'm sad to hear, uh, he and coach BV retired this year. Um, but he kind of just pushed me as hard as I can to, to, to be the best that I can. And, um, so I can vividly remember my first practice. Um, I could still barely skate. Um, 
and we started playing in the fall. That's, that's typically how it worked. We had fall hockey and then the hockey season, um, which, you know, we did with fall hockey. We did some, like some lifting, some working out, but mainly it was just playing volleyball and having a good time. Um, but starting in October, we would go skate. And um, I just remember uh, there were a couple of guys who played triple A. Um, I had never played that high. I pretty much at that point was only playing single A. Um, and I just get diced. I'm like so pissed at myself. And he just comes up to me and he's like, use this as fire. You know, um, you'll get better with time. It's you're in the deep end and this is the only way to get better throw yourself in it's, you know, either swim or drown. So, um, that's pretty much how it started. And then throughout my time there, um, I played a, two years on JV, made my way up to varsity, uh, cause we only had two goalies in the program. Um, and then, uh, one back-to-back MIAB conference championships, which was fun. That was definitely the highlight of playing there, but, um, it wasn't exactly, um, and even competition to say the least. I think we had one team, which was Loyola that was hanging in with us. Uh, pretty much everybody else, it was 14 to one, 15 to nothing wins. It was, uh, yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. a little unfair, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Love, love the shout out to coach Collins. I actually, yeah. I had no idea you were, uh, from the Baltimore area or went to Gilman <laughs> or any of that. So that's pretty, pretty funny. Cause he actually used to coach me. He was probably, my favorite, if not second favorite coach I ever had. So yeah, um, that's pretty cool. So then you kind of shift into the Villanova life and I would love to hear how that transition happened. And uh, you know, some of the guys you, you meet when you're trying out for the team where they're all from and all, that whole experience. Yeah. Um, it was a total shock um, when I got to, to Villanova and, you know, we didn't have tryouts my freshman year. We did, you know, a little bit of skating once we were allowed to, uh, once the COVID restrictions lifted. Um, but I felt so out of place the first time I got there. Um, just all these guys were coming from either juniors, like playing in the Nall or playing USPHL premier. Um, and then some guys who were playing at some of the highest levels of prep school in the country, like Taft, uh, Del Barton, all these amazing schools that are great at hockey. Um, and I was just totally shocked. And I was like, there's no way I'm making this team. Um, and <laughs> I was really, really down on myself during tryouts. I'm like, this is the last time I'm ever going to skate. This is the last time I'm ever going to play hockey competitively at tryouts. And um, it was just, it didn't feel like the right way to end my career. And I was, I was a little upset. Um, so fast forward a week later, um, and pretty much everybody else had gotten, uh, texts from our coach, uh, that they had made the team. Um, and I didn't, and I was freaking out. I was like, I got, this is it. I'm done. And I'm just chilling in my, in my dorm room doing some work. And I, I get a text and he's like, welcome to the team. And I just immediately jumped up. My heart was racing. I was like, there's no way I made this team. Um, and it's, it's been the greatest, greatest hockey experience of my life. Um, just the camaraderie and the brotherhood on that team is, is incredible. There's nobody who's selfish. There's nobody who, you know, only cares about them. It's, it's a true, true team. And, um, 
I wouldn't trade that team for anything in the world. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine the, the type of excitement you're getting when those thoughts are going through your head. I know yeah. we've all kind of had those thoughts at one point being kids from Maryland, trying to play mm-hmm. at a little bit of a higher level than you might usually see. So um, I'm happy to hear that for you for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the Thank team dynamic sure. like? Is it, you know, are you guys like all, you know, all in all the time or is there definitely a little work hard, play hard balance going on? There's a pretty solid work hard, play hard balance. Um, when we're on the ice, it's, it's all gas, no breaks. Um, you're working as hard as possible. Um, but we do like to have a little bit of R and R here and there. Um, you know, we like to, you know, pretty much post practice or anytime we're, you know, we're able to, we'll go chill at the hockey house, which we call box, uh, for, for penalty box. Um, Love that. but yeah, yeah, pretty much it's, during during the season we're always together um you'll probably run into a group of five or six guys on campus randomly and then you'll just end up spending an hour or two with them and not realize any of that time goes by um yeah so it's it's a pretty pretty solid balance um but i'd say for the most part we're really starting to take ourselves seriously and um really push for uh going to nationals and all that stuff uh this season we had a, uh, a little bit of a, it was a real heartbreaker. Uh, we were a couple points away from going to nationals, uh, Naval Academy ended up going. Um, but, uh, in the semifinals, uh, we were up, I believe three to one. And then we were playing William Patterson university. Um, and we, we scored another insurance goal. We were going to make it four to one. Um, but the ref, calls it off no goal because he said it was high sticking and we go back and look at the film uh on the bench and it was nowhere near high or yeah high stick and uh really unfortunate they ended up coming back uh got the score to five four um and then we tied up with one second left and lose an ot oh my god what a roller coaster ride yeah it was uh it was quite the way to end the season but the fight from, from that team was incredible. Um, I mean, the goal, um, I was pretty much a healthy scratch all season, not going to lie. Um, but I just remember sitting with all the other scratches and, uh, you know, we were just like, this is it. And we see people celebrating, like, I'm totally out of it. I'm like, we're over. And then my teammates like, no, 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 we scored. I'm like, no way, no way this is happening. Um, and the, the fire in the locker room was incredible. Um, these guys, I've, I've never seen that team more fired up. Um, but it was all, I wouldn't say all for not, but um, yeah. it, it felt like that. Yeah. So we'll get into this shortly, but you're pretty well versed in the ACHA um, ongoings. And, you know, you just talked about how you almost made nationals last year. So why don't you give us a preview for this coming season? What are you expecting out of Villanova? And then we can talk a little <sighs> bit about the, uh, the podcast. Well, um, this season we're, I mean, oh, excuse me. Um, so this upcoming season, uh, we're, we're pretty much expecting big things. We got a lot of good recruits coming in. Um, our goal is nationals or bust. Um, so, uh, we're completely going, um, all in this year. So last year, our team, our, our team motto was buy in. Uh, and for sure, everybody, everybody bought in this year, we're, we're all out. So, um, 
it's, it's all or nothing. Um, and, uh, I think we have a, a very good shot. Um, I think what sets us apart from the rest of the teams in the league, uh, or our conference, uh, is our coaching. Um, we just got a new coach last year, uh, Rob Colton brother is Ross Colton. So, uh, we're all really pulling for Tampa right Heard now. Of them. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, we're, we're doing a, a you know, uh, our coaching is, is absolutely incredible. He's, he's an amazing guy. Uh, you know, first year coaching, he wins ECHA coach of the year. Um, and, um, I, I think we're, we have a very good foundation to build upon and, uh, I'm looking forward to what we can do next season. That's awesome. It's uh sounds like a really cool team and uh, yeah. Wishing you guys the best next year. Hopefully you guys can make it to nationals, see how far you can get. Thank you. So let's chat about the, uh, the hockey house podcast. Obviously you're a member of that. Um, we briefly talked about that a little bit before we started recording here, but do you want to fill us in on what it is when you got started with them? Like what you guys cover and all that good stuff. Yeah, sure. Um, So the Hockey House, for those who don't know, is a podcast that focuses entirely on the ACHA and the CHF. Uh, So all non-varsity hockey, men's and women's. Um, And we basically got started uh, because we just kind of we saw a gap and there was there's nobody covering it. And it's it's some amazing hockey uh, across all three divisions or all five, technically. like uh, some of the best teams in women's D1, like Liberty University, um, they could easily be playing NCAA D1 and also some of these uh, these new uh, or these men's D1s teams uh, like Lindenwood, who just made the jump, uh, Minot State, uh, Liberty, and uh, uh, who's the other one I'm blanking on? Uh, UNLV, who's going to be playing Denver in the fall, um, which is going to be uh, quite the game. So we're really pulling for UNLV, uh, no doubt. Um, but about my story with the pot, I just joined, uh, fairly recently. Um, I was doing some stuff in the spring with, with the pod. I was covering the CHF nationals. I was doing a little bit of sideline reporting there. Um, and, uh, I got a text from Murph, um, right. Texted him first. Uh, I said, Hey, like, I loved, I loved to uh, join you guys in the pod. Um, you know, can I go full-time with you guys? And he said, hell yeah. Um, so you don't catch me on the pod too much. I'm doing a lot of the behind the scenes work, graphic design, social media stuff. Um, so we're really starting to get into the full swing of things now. Um, I'm really starting to, to pick up my workload there, um, with, you know, being underwater and work as an intern. So uh, yeah, that's pretty much, uh, it for the pod in terms of what we do, uh, and what I do, but, uh, yeah. You mentioned, uh, graphic design and stuff. Is that similar? Like, is, uh, what are you studying at Villanova? What's your major? Is it similar to that? Or is this just kind of more of a hobby for you? Uh, so I'm studying advertising. Um, there's just something about it that kind of, I don't know what it is that I really like about it. Uh, might've might be watching mad men. I don't know. Um, (laughs) <laughs> but uh yeah it was uh just something that i really enjoyed and then uh in the spring of last year i i picked up uh graphic design as i was just bored in my dorm room because covid restrictions were really strict um but it was 
just kind of something that I used to fill time. And eventually I, I just started really, really building on it. And so on top of playing and practicing, um, I joined the, or I started running the Villanova social pages for the hockey team and doing all the graphic design with that. Um, and then I started doing some freelance work and, uh, yeah, right now we're full swing in an internship where I'm doing advertising and, uh, graphic design running their socials. Um, yeah, so, uh, good time. Highly recommend it. If there's any kids who are, you know, listening to this, I doubt it. Um, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what was the COVID situation like for you guys, like being stuck in the dorms like that? Like you heard a lot of schools talk about, you know, there was literally no one walking across campus, some schools polar opposite. I mean, how bad was it for you guys? Uh, it was, it was pretty bad at first. Um, we were basically completely locked down, uh, masks everywhere, except for your dorm room. Uh, you couldn't have more than double the occupancy of your room. So I had, uh, it was just me and my roommate. You couldn't have more than uh, four people and everybody had to be wearing masks and social distanced. Um, and it just completely like stifled all social life on campus and made things pretty boring. Um, RAs were absolute hawks and it's not like they had a choice. It was through the school. So I don't blame them. Um, but yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. And then things started lifting around, uh, end of midway through the spring, um, masks were no longer required outside. And all of a sudden everybody just started going outside and hanging out. Um, so the campus really came to life. Uh, but for that period from August to like, for, yeah, August to March, it was pretty dead. So would they just like go door to door and like, check to see if there was like a certain number of people in these rooms and if they were wearing masks or not or yeah so um god if, damn yeah if you if they heard that there was potentially more than two people in a room if they heard three voices they were knocking on your door damn um, yeah it was it was pretty bad um but uh, i was lucky i had a pretty chill ra um i was surprised at first that he was actually really chill because uh he was rotc and I was like, oh, God, this guy's going to be a total hardo. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, he was a good guy. You know, he understood that we all just wanted to to have fun and, and relax and enjoy college. And uh, yeah, so I got lucky there. I guess some people weren't so fortunate. Post-COVID, have you gotten a chance to uh, follow Villanova basketball at all or uh, some of the other fun stuff going on at that school? Yeah, uh, basketball is uh it's a lot of fun to go watch. Um, I haven't been to a ton of games uh, because a lot of our practices align with those Tuesday night slots uh, that Villanova plays sometimes. And then uh, Saturday, Sunday, uh, we're, um, we're also either traveling or we have a game. So we can't really go to a ton of games, but I did get to go to one uh, or two, I forget, whatever. Uh, but I got to go to one at Wells Fargo center Um awesome tailgate beforehand um pretty much the entire team was there so it was a total blast we were all wearing our jerseys um yeah that's super dope i ask mostly because uh i was a marquette guy so <laughs> big east uh yeah one of, my, one of my fondest college memories actually was uh freshman year being out the game where marquette took down villanova and the whole place stormed the court it was crazy yeah no, those are those are the moments that people live for uh, uh, on campus. But I think uh, 
we're kind of a, like a sneaky hockey school. So I think people are really starting to, to find this, this little hidden gem oh, yeah. on campus. It yeah. makes sense with the it's market awesome. that like that school is in and just like, you know, being in sort of the, the Northeast region, you would think it would just be sort of like a natural hockey school. And um, yeah. yeah, hopefully it just continues to grow and see you guys in the frozen four at some point. Yeah, I, I hope so. I mean, uh, if we if we get to that level, none of these guys are going to be playing on the team as much as I love them. But would, everybody would get everybody would get cut. Um, <laughs> well, we don't want that. But like, no. you know, but yeah, it's 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 totally a hockey town. Like uh, we go to play Drexel every year. Um, they used to be in our conference and they switched, um, but we still play them. And uh, they play in the class of 1923 arena at Penn. Um, and it is absolutely bonkers. It sits probably 8,000 people. It's yeah. absolutely massive, but nobody's going to these games. It's this gorgeous old barn, um, like fence opposite each other. They're pretty short, uh, but you know, no glass behind the penalty box. It's, it's an amazing rank and it's totally my favorite rank to play in. Um, locker room situation, not so good, um, <laughs> but it's wooden uh, benches. Yeah. That whole thing. Yeah. But it's, it, it's awesome. And I think you could totally get a couple D one teams uh, in Philly. And I think people would be all for it. And that's a great point. You know, there's so many of these like college hockey, old timey venues. Like you look at like the Yale whale and some other ones like that. It's like, it would be great if like college hockey could do some sort of, I don't know, winter classic type big hyped up game like that on like new year's day or something where they could nationally televise it. Cause I think that would be great for college hockey in the States and, you know, just mm -hmm. in general. Yeah. It's, it's kind of weird. Like given the obsession with the NHL and, you know, hockey's growing in the U S at a, at a pretty fast rate. Um, I'm surprised more people don't pay attention to, uh, you know, to college hockey, to the NCAA or the, or the ACHA um, because for a lot of people, especially, I, in the Maryland region, um, like I didn't grow up watching like, um, you know, Denver or Michigan or any of those teams. I grew up watching Towson and the Naval Academy and, yeah. you know, uh, hearing about Liberty, how good of a program that was. Um, but, you know, nobody, nobody's really watching it or following it at all. I, I think I saw the, uh, like the viewership numbers for the, for the frozen four, it was like, absolutely ridiculous compared to uh you know the lacrosse ratings or uh or the the basketball ratings which makes sense but um i think there's a lot of potential especially if you start getting more teams down uh up and down the northeast because pretty much it's just boston and, and that's about yeah. it and minnesota and yeah. minnesota yeah yeah so being a goalie from the DMV area was, uh, was Holpe kind of your idol growing up or was there a different goalie that you modeled your, wanted to always like model your game after? Yeah. Uh, I was, I was a massive Holpe fan, uh, but I wouldn't say I, I modeled my game after him. I'm a, I'm a diehard caps fan, but I have a little bit of a soft spot for the Canadians with my family being from there. Um, so I grew up kind of just, idolizing Carey Price like a lot of goalies do um every goalie coach will tell you you know watch Carey Price's film watch his watch his practice film and I did that and I started to model myself after him I you know have a fairly similar stance um but yeah I I just kind of completely fell in love with the way he played he's always always in position perfectly he's extremely patient great on his feet um 
so I just kind of fell in love with him. And then as more goalies started coming into leagues, uh, like Shesterkin, absolutely. He's one of my favorite goalies right now to watch. The guy is like a hovercraft on ice. Um, he just skates so, so well. Um, his just overall poise is great. Um, so I try to model my skating after him, but it's, it's hard to replicate, um, working on it. Um, <laughs> and then like, yeah. And then like personality wise, um, try to be like Jack Campbell. Um, he's just such yeah. a good dude. So, um, I'm not really an angry person, uh, but, um, I just try to be the best person I can on the ice as well. Uh, yeah. Ultimate teammate like that. There you go. Um, one of the last questions I want to ask is, so in your uh, career so far, is there a name that you've played with or played against that stands out as like, holy shit, like I, I was on the rink against that guy or I saw that guy play against my team? Uh, there's, not, there's not a ton. Um, there's a couple. Like, um, I skated with a few NHLers um, growing up, going to the Bob Hartley's camp up in York. Mm-hmm. Um, skating with Johnny Gaudreau, Sean Monahan, and uh, and Paul Byron, that was that was pretty fun. Um, didn't really like legit skate with them; they just kind of came up and shot on us. Yeah, um, scored on us. Yeah, yeah, scored on us. <laughs> um, uh, but I do remember another another Maryland guy. Um, I don't know if you guys have had him on the pod or not, but you totally should. Um, skated with Adam Varga once. I don't know if you guys know him. Um, he skates out of ice world plays. He just finished playing in the OHL, um, played for what the steelheads and then went to play for the 67s. Um, great player. Uh, and then on my Villanova team, uh, my best friend, Ajay Fernandez, um, that guy's all world. Um, he was, what he's a goalie um but he's finished second in the league in save percentage with like a 931 something like that uh, and then third in goals against average in the country oh um, damn and then yeah he set the program record for career save percentage at 922 so Jeez. um guy is crazy um yeah but anyways yeah he's uh, he's just such a good guy and uh, amazing goalie that guy adam varga is that what you said yeah the first guy where did he do you know where he played like club high school any of that i don't know uh i'm not sure where he played uh but i know he's from like it's like that bel air you know up by ice world yeah um, that harford county kind of thing yeah oh that's interesting no Mm -hmm. i i haven't heard uh i haven't heard that name but that's one that we'll have to to dig a little deeper on there yeah i skated with him once don't really know him all that well but god he's a good player yeah um, so we're recording this right before game three, Tampa, Colorado is about to start. You're a big goalie guy. You think Vassy mm-hmm. bounces back and gets it done? I would like to say so. Um, Dak, I mean, he has more playoff experience than, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people ever. Um, he's just, he's such an amazing goalie. He's extremely athletic, extremely dynamic. Um, and I think he can definitely bounce back. He's shown a lot of that resolve before, especially last season. Um, I know Montreal didn't really put too much of a fight up, um, but still, um, I think he's he's got it. It's just going to come down to whether whether Tampa, the rest of the team, shows up. Because Vassy, I feel like, is pretty much there every game. Um, 
And if you looked at game two, it was just a lot of, you know, defensive implosions, bad pinches, um, just a lot of stuff that was, that was stupid hockey. Um, not going to lie. Um, and Colorado took complete advantage of that. So, um, I would love to see Tampa win tonight. I have Tampa in six, um, but I don't know. Colorado's looking pretty good. Yeah, that's uh, putting it mildly there. <laughs> yeah, I also took Tampa in six, so I'm right there with you. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, that's all the questions I got. Do you fellas have anything else that you uh, want to ask before we wrap up here? No, I think I'm all good. Mac, you got anything? I'm all good. It was a uh, pleasure chatting with you, dude. Thanks for yeah. coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. Pleasure, uh, pleasure talking with you guys. Yeah, we'll definitely have to try and make it up for a game this season, and uh, potentially I was say, uh, that would be cool. I'd yeah, like well, to get a, a formal invite to the box at some point. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, formal. We don't. We don't. Do, uh, you know. Yeah. We got a game against Taos or a couple games against Towson. If you know, we're going to be at Ice World playing there. Um, oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Or Na- Naval Academy is a lot better. Uh, that game is way go. way closer. But yeah. I love I love that rink too. Yeah, it's, it's a great. good one. All right, man. Well, good luck this season. We'll uh, we'll keep in touch and good luck with the pod going forward too. Thank you so much. And now well, let's get to a few pieces of information. This is kind of like a grab bag here of just random stuff that's been going on in the NHL. I think we talked a little bit about the first one last uh, last week, maybe. But yeah, Bruce Cassidy got fired uh, by the Bruins, which was a big. Big shocker. We talked about that. And well, they then, told him he was going to stay, and then yeah. they can him. Yeah, kind of crazy. But since then, since we mentioned that last episode, he has since been hired. I think he was jobless for all of like four days or something like that. But um, yeah, Vegas, Vegas bound for Bruce Cassidy. What do y'all think about that one? I don't know. I don't know what I think about this. Part of me really doesn't like it, and then part of me just wants the circus there to continue. So, yeah. <laughs> It, it's a weird move. I don't know why any coach would want to go to Vegas, to be honest with you. Seriously. I mean, it seems to be like a revolving door. Um, you know, the, got Pete the board probably writing glass door reviews um, just of like the hellhole that it sounds like it is for a front office coaching staff guy. However, he is a good coach. There's no denying that. And Vegas on paper is a good team. Um, I think they got, I think goaltending is probably their biggest question mark. Um, I guess I like it for Vegas, not so much for Cassidy. Yeah, for sure. This next one, even bigger, way more fun to talk about. Mr. John Tortorella hired by the Philadelphia Flyers. Real quick, before I get your thoughts on this, does anyone else think it's kind of funny that there's two coaches in the NHL, like two major, major coaches? One of them is Torts and the other is Trots. It's like yes. one letter off. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, um, see, obviously, but yeah. Still. Trots hasn't gone anywhere yet, right? No, he is not. not. Okay. Although I, it's funny, I I heard some like rumors about how he might want to get into GM stuff eventually, which shocks me. Like I thought yeah. that he wanted to like retire and like go be a family man or something, but I guess he can't stay away. I feel like he would low key be really good at that too. He probably oh, yeah. would. I I heard him and Poyle in Nashville are still like mm. really tight, and that oh, I'm sure Barry would could do like a, a hockey ops job and just mm. run hockey ops and go back home to where he grew his family up. That could be good for the guy. Anyway. Let's talk about Mr. John Tortorella, Philadelphia Flyers. Your thoughts, please. If there was a, a coach's personality that matched a city, this is the best match made in the league, I would say. 
if there was a coach's personality that matched a false personality that was developed by your hockey team in the seventies that you've clung to desperately <laughs> for the last 40, oh 50 God. years, it would be this. And a fake See, movie character. I feel boxer. like his, yeah. I, yeah, feel that like his <laughs> I feel like his personality fits better with when he was with the Rangers. Like he's such like a, like hard ass New Yorker, like no nonsense. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it definitely, the scrappy energy of Philly fans definitely, uh, yes definitely matches what torts has going on i mean he's a no-nonsense guy most of all so um some interesting uh responses online was it dubinsky that said oh god or he tweeted like pray for the flyers fans or something or flyers players or something like that well and then um god what's his name cam atkinson who i think famously like didn't get along well with him in columbus tweeted like great hire or something like that and everyone was like, are you being like forced to say this? Like what? Like, is he like, is Binsky he like, did the same thing. Tortorella's like in your like bedroom with like, like twice a knife behind your back. And he's like, yeah. say it, say the, say yeah. it now. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, this is how I'll sum up this hiring. And I hope this makes sense. Torts was made for the flyers, but the flyers were not made for torts. That's a great way to put it. I don't see this being a long-term thing. I kind of don't see torts being a long-term thing here for the NHL. I think what we kind of need is torts to transition into sort of a Don Cherry-esque type role where he's on like a pregame show, not right before the game, but maybe like the one before the one before the game (laughs) where someone just tees him up to be the cranky old man. And then we can sit there and just enjoy the nonsense. So I like, I don't know if that would be like, uh, I don't know who that would be, but uh, I think that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I agree. Um, You know what this tells me? I feel like Philly is going to be like CBJ 2.0. Like they're just going to be that pesky Mm -hmm. plus one and a half team that just is like everybody's favorite to be like, oh, well, they could, they could upset this team. Yeah. Because they're just going to play their absolute balls off, Mm -hmm. kill penalties, block shots. Um, Yeah. I think that's what Philly is going to turn into. I agree. This year, maybe not this year, but definitely like within the next two years. Yeah. I don't like it couple more to get through here. We got Pete DeBoer hired by the Stars. I like this move. I think that could be a good one. Um, Boring coach to a boring team. (laughs) Wow. Hopefully he gets along with his goaltenders in Dallas better than he did in Vegas. The the, the on-ice product is boring. (laughs) Behind the glass is fun. Behind the glass is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, Panthers are actively seeking head coaching candidates. Um, unclear, right? If Burnett's going to be back or not, or have they officially said he's not? I don't know. They haven't really like said anything, which is just weird. I feel like the way that this season turned out, my gut would say no, but I don't really think he necessarily did anything wrong. It apparently, was just... the the locker room loved him. Apparently, yeah, like, apparently, which I believe team was huge. Yeah, Burnett I don't fan. get why they're doing this. Yeah, I don't know. I think they looked at the the playoffs and said like, Oh God, Oh no. Well, it's like, okay. Like you guys need a little bit more time. You know, it's not, you know, Claude Giroux and Joe Thornton are not a magic bullet here. Ted Leonsis is sitting on the couch watching this and he's like, ha ha ha. (laughs) I remember when I lost my first president's trophy season in the first or in the second round or whatever. Oh my God. Oh, not to throw salt in the womb here, but I saw a tweet. I can't remember who it was. It was, I think it was a caps meme page. 
Um, it was like, imagine it was like the caps future seems gloomy or whatever. Cause you guys are getting, we're all getting old, right? Pens and yeah. caps, I'm not throwing shade, but they're like, imagine if we would have just kept our like 2024 first line, Verona Burakowski and Philip Forsberg. And I was like, Holy shit. You guys had all three of those and they're not on the team. I was yeah, like, yeah. how the fuck does that happen? Not that we could have afforded any of them at this point, but no, yeah. I get it. It's yeah. just, I, I just like looked at, it, I was like, Oh, like that, that was the caps. Like they had that. Totally. Yep. Uh, enough about that. Anyway, okay. Nick, if you want to, uh, I'll, I'll throw it off to you. The uh, Memorial cup expert. Let's get a Who little, uh, doesn't more- love more hockey. Am I right? I know Harry doesn't care because it's not NHL, but anyways, uh, let's move on. So CHL tournament every year, some of the best hockey you will ever watch. Uh, If you want to make money, it's really simple. Just bet on the team that's got an NHL player playing for them against 17-year-olds. That works. Uh, So we have the Edmonton Oil Kings from the Western Hockey League. They're led by Dylan Gunther, the ninth overall pick in the 2021 draft. We've got the Hamilton Bulldogs who boast Mason McTavish, who was a third overall pick last year and played like nine games for the Ducks this year and probably should have stayed with them if he had not been this young. Uh, you also have the Shawinigan Cataracts, the champs from the queue. Uh, they're playing in the tournament for the first time since 2012, which they won it as the host team. Uh, and then you have the St. John Sea Dogs, amazing hockey team name. They lost in the opening round of the Q playoffs, but they are the host city. So they get an automatic bid to the tournament. Tons of fun. Throw all your money on Hamilton. Uh, should be a great tournament. There's games on all night this week, 6 p.m. Eastern NHL Network. Enjoy. Phenomenal. You should be hired. Hell yeah. I'm down. NHL Network gig. Yeah. Isn't Hamilton losing right now? Yeah, big time. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> eh, game one what are you gonna do um all right well that'll basically wrap up episode 131 hopefully not the last episode of the season i would love to see if we could get this to a game seven and we have a big episode right before to close out the year that would be That'd a nice be one sick. um but if it is the last one it's been a hell of a year boys it's been it fun. has what is that this our, has. our third season in the books potentially just about mm-hmm. nothing's wow. official yet we'll get there yeah, no, I, I, I just have a weird feeling Colorado is going to go absolute juggernaut mode and fuck everything up. So we'll see. Your, uh, your money says otherwise. I was going to say. No, my money says that they're going to win because I bet Tampa. We all know how this is. We all know how this is going recently. So um, that hundred dollar bill, just no, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is like <laughs> oh, magic conch shell. Can Tampa Bay win tonight against the Avalanche? <laughs> No. no. <laughs> Try asking again. <laughs> no. Okay. Oh my this god. This episode is pushing slowness. Yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for the love and support. Go check out uh Brackish Life, Kane Footwear, Sharp Rank. Thank you for sponsoring this episode. All three of you guys are awesome. Go check out our website to look at our merch, www.emptybetters.com. Click on shop. If you're an abs or a lightning fan, you can get some gear there specifically for your team while supplies last, AKA until the series is over while games last while games last. Yeah. It's probably a better way to put it. And without further ado, class dismissed. <laughs>